Okay, seminar number two for safe kids. So was John long-winded over there, was he? Yeah, five minutes over. If we could just sit in the middle, that'd be great. See ya. So just a reminder, John is doing the stuff over there on transgender. Shabu's doing whatever he's doing upstairs. He's probably having coffee up. He's probably having coffee up there. I don't know. And we're talking about safe schools, so um, we will start again. So I haven't seen anyone from upstairs. Has anyone come here from upstairs? Ah, so here's finished. <laughs> cool. I don't know what you um, know about the the safe schools, kids safe proposal that's before many schools at the moment. Uh, so just give me some feedback. What do you know about this particular thing, kids safe and safe schools? It's known as those two things. Okay, so it's, you think it's originally designed as an anti-bullying policy, or that's the fabric around around it? Yeah. I'll read you what the program aims of this. Now, it's a it's a a training resource that's been given to schools to be under their curriculum for health and education for years seven and eight. That's the primary focus of of this particular document. Their primary aim or their program aim is to increase respect and inclusion of um, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transsexual and insex people by challenging stereotypes and increasing empathy through exploring relatable real-life stories. That's from their website. That's one of their program aims. Now, when you consider the words here used, challenging stereotypes and increasing empathy... There's no way other than saying it is anti-biblical because the stereotype that they are challenging is that there is two genders, male and female. That's the stereotype that's been challenged. Okay. Their second program aim is to reduce homophobic and transphobic behaviour and discrimination in schools and the wider community by increasing understanding of the impact of the behaviour and discrimination on people's health and well-being. So it's trying to broaden the impact in society about how we view different gender relationships. And then provide practical strategies and skills to enable students to create a school environment that recognises and celebrates the diversity of each person's unique sexuality, gender, identity, or intersex status. 
What do you think when I read that? Sorry, Karen, I couldn't hear What else concerns you about when I read those statements of the program aims? Yeah, seven and eight. Yeah. It's even younger than that. It was originally designed, so how much younger now is it? Is it? Since primary schools? Yeah. What else concerns you? Well, does it concern you? Layout. It's not compulsory in schools. The school has to actually sign up to it and say we're going to do this as part of our curriculum. As I understand it, there's funding if you do it. So some of it's driven by money. All right, we'll go that way because then we can actually get a pot of money to actually fund whatever. All right. So so that's that's part of the issue. Also, I understand that um, you do have the right to say to your child, we don't want you to attend that at this stage. That, that's the sort of the, the landscape of what's going on in a secular environment. So it's not compulsory. Uh, within Christian schools, uh, it's up to the individual Christian school. There may become a time where funding will be pulled from the Christian school if they don't include this in their curriculum. <laughs> that, that is a risk for Christian schooling, so that therefore may actually change behaviours by Christian schools okay, may do so what are our options as Christian parents I mean no Christian parents here but yeah. you, you think through this yeah. parents as grandparents how should we respond to this That's great, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. Okay, how, how do we be a light in that environment? What are the key principles around that? So, yeah, it is an option. 
Yeah. Okay, so as a Christian parent, you have an option of where you place your child in schooling. If you're incredibly patient and loving and gracious, you could do homeschooling. Boy, you'd have to be loving and gracious to do that. <laughs> or you look for an expensive option, because this is an expensive option for most people. It's not cheap to have Christian schooling. And we've got to realise that in, in, in our debt-laden society. Or you stick with the secular school environment. Pete, you going to say something? Or Steve? My Sure. I just we'll get another. I like what you're saying, Peter, because we had that here. That a primary responsibility for building a biblical worldview is parents, and the next circle of influence is grandparents. And it's a really well-made point. That yes, uh, if we are. So what is different to? this particular secularization versus the argument of evolution which happened 30 years ago you know the same principles apply as 
folks of the Bible as gospel-centered people, you know, how do we provide a home that trains so that our kids can cope here? That's, that's an important point to, to balance out. You're right. So this is not a Messiah in itself. That's not a Messiah in itself. Nor is this. But the training ground is primarily responsible here. Mum and Dad. So, so there, the nurturing. Uh, the, the, the thing is, we don't want to take our hands off our kids, and we're going to need to understand the conversation and, and be involved in the conversation. Well, that's where you go back and say, okay, the Bible tells me this. Yes, yes, yeah. But at a certain age, we could quite Yeah, yeah, it is, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it could be cor- yeah, corrupt police. Yeah, corrupt police. Yeah. that's the influence of the secular society right through the education system that's what you're saying yeah 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 and you survived
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You gotta be rare. rare. Well, Romans talks about that because what the, 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 the core of it in Romans chapter 1 is that society is worshipping the creature rather than the creator. Okay, that's the heart of the theology behind this type of movement where we have this type of act coming across the schools. Is that society wants nothing to do with God. It was nothing to do with the values and the morals that we stand for on the Bible. So they're doing everything in their, in their thinking to be inclusive, to say there is no truth and all sin is normalized. That's what the heart of this debate is. They're worshipping the creature and not the creator. And the Bible tells us that God will give them over to that. And that's what we're living in. But as Christians, what is our response? That is the, that's the key heart of what we want to try and get to tonight. What is our response to this? One of the key things is that as parents, we need to take our responsibility seriously to develop a biblical worldview. You're right. We can't save our kids. That's a work of the Spirit of God. But when the Spirit of God grabs hold of your kids and they're transformed, it's our responsibility to continue to train provide a biblical worldview and it's hard work it's not easy because it's a daily thing when you're around them like we had I talked in the last group we our kids when we came back from the states we um, placed them at Norwood Secondary College secular school right Eli was in there for two years Emma was in there for four we noticed in that period of time especially with Emma just the total acceptance of these values right? but didn't stop us continually trying to 
input into her life and continually say, how are you dealing with this stuff? And what does the Bible tell me about that? And yes, I understand friends are important and you pray that your kids have good company. And you do, but still the, the, the responsibility is right here to maintain. So you live your faith in front of your kids. So when you have an argument with your wife or when you have an argument with your husband, that your kids see the process of forgiveness and confession. They see you living in a gospel-centered way. So they see the reality of it. That is more powerful than a lot of other things as you, as you go through life and you train your kids. Yeah. Sorry, you wanted to say something? Pete? Well, the people who wrote the documents around, say, schools, they quote these figures, and I would dispute some of these. They say 10% of all people are same-sex same attracted. doesn't mean you're a homosexual or practicing homosexual or practicing lesbian. Okay? So that, that in itself is a, a bit of an interesting thing. 4% of people are transgender or gender diverse, and 1.7% of people are intersex. So you're right, it is a small portion. And uh, so, yes, yes, yeah, absolutely. That, that's the danger thing, and and as you read through this document, it just horrified me. I read through this thing, and the hair stood on the back of my head because they were promoting through video. There's eight lessons, seven of them they have videos of kids of that age saying, well, I'm this, I'm that, I'm the other thing and you should accept me because of the sin. <laughs> That's the reality of it. Um, yeah. All right, we're going to close here, but there's a couple of things I'd like to just show you you can take with you. You know, we're in an election. Uh, we can have uh, one of our responses as a political one, right? I'm not here to be on a soapbox, but here's some information that may help you with your voting. This one here is um, Australian Christian Values Checklist. So there's 21 key Christian values as, a, as determined by this group. And um, each individual party's potential response. Some are known, some are unknown. Some, I'll put a question mark, we're not quite sure one way or the other. Take it, it might be of help for you.
And this other one here is Are Your Kids Safe? And this talks about the issue as well. And uh, it just may be some helpful material. But I just want to pass on to you. Um, thanks, Keith. You're always on time. I uh, just want to pass on to you that uh, in this whole environment, as a church, as parents, we need to be engaged in the conversation in a way that's gracious and loving. We also need to be have the heart of parents as we talk with our kids, especially our young people of this age, and how we direct and guide in this community. So take encouragement. Um, it's, it's, this is just the start of the dialogue. These things are coming down the funnel quicker than we can actually respond at times. But we need to stand on the truth of God's word. It's uh, an important thing. So thanks for your time. Don't forget to take those things if you want.